And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 182, presented by CLNS Media and sponsored by our good friends over at FanDuel. My name is Connor Ryan, and once again, we are joined by 98.5 The Sports Hubs, Ty Anderson. Ty, how you doing? What's going on? How we doing? I'm doing swell, Ty. Uh, I think uh, after the Bruins lost three in a row, I think people are calmed down just a little bit. Again, San Jose Sharks, not a good team at all. Bad, some would say, some would say, uh, but for what the Bruins needed, a good get right game, right? Like wasn't, wasn't a, a seven, nothing blowout. Wasn't something that you're like, all right, a lot of stuff is, you know, back in order, but it's exactly the, the type of win that I think a Bruins team needed just in terms of building their game, getting back to basics, getting back to winning hockey. Uh, what was kind of your main takeaways from that game on Thursday night? Yeah, I think that it was an example of, uh, you know, I always talk about in-game recovery. Uh, Hold on one second. My phone is going off. Let me go shut that off real quick. Yes. Wasn't even anybody cool. Uh, no, Damn, uh, that's the uh, worst part. Here, oops. I can. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll just restart it because yeah, it, yeah. it was like forty seconds. So yeah, no worries. Sorry about that. Yeah, all good. All right, three, two, one, and welcome into Poke the Bear, episode one eighty two, presented by CLNS Media and sponsored by our good friends over at FanDuel. My name is Connor Ryan. Today we, we are once again joined by ninety eight five the Sports Hubs, Ty Anderson. Ty. How you doing? What's going on? How are we doing today? I'm doing swell, Ty, as I'm sure most Bruins fans are after uh, Boston lost three games in regulation, bounced back with a much-needed 3-0 win over the San Jose Sharks. And again, are the Sharks uh, good? Nope. No. Uh, you know, I, I would even say, I would venture to say, Ty, they're pretty shitty, actually. They're a pretty bad team. Old but shitty Sharks. That's what they call them. But uh regardless of what the competition was i think for the bruins it's important just to get uh, a get right game for them get back to winning hockey getting back to the details that this team needs to kind of adhere to to get back and uh accruing points at a pretty steady rate uh what was your kind of main takeaway from thursday's win yeah i, I always talk about in-game recoveries and, and how you adjust when things aren't going your way i talk about with players but I was talking about with teams and I think last, you know, I think Thursday night was a great example of that in terms of not a great first period, uh, a first period that made me kind of go, Oh, are they like legit slumping now? You know, cause 180 minutes is not a lot, but 240, it's a little bit of a, a bigger sample, you know, it's 5% of a season. Um, so, you know, you look at it that way and you're like, okay, like, like what's going on here. And so, you know, the way that they strike early in the second period and then just off to the races, uh, they get their goal uh, about a minute and a half in the second period. And from that point on, I think between the Heinen goal and the DeBrus goal, I think they're out shooting them by, by a, a 12 to five, a 12 to three kind of clip there just totally took it over. Uh, and so that's what I liked about it. And I, and I think there were three things you needed in this game. And I think you got all three. You needed the new lines to look good. You got it. You needed your goaltending to, to steady. You got that. And you needed to kind of stop this trend of teams picking on you. So, you know, I think you're three for three there. And again, 
competition, not the greatest standard. I understand that. But you're at the point when you lose three in a row, you don't care. Just get just get a good feeling again. And the Bruins got that Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's one thing. I think we all agree the most troubling thing over that three-game slide was just the uh, defensive fortitude really took a big step back. Again, the, the goaltending has regressed a little bit, but I don't think even the best goalies were going to do that well when you're so bad on the rush. Uh, you're giving up great A chances. I think that game against the Rangers, what was it? Like they gave up 23 high danger looks. And that's not yeah. even counting like, I think Chris Kreider had probably two or three other quality chances on breakaways. And that guy should have had a hat trick in that game. So not even, even if Omar and Spring were playing lights out as they've been doing most of the year, not going to win a lot of games with your defense playing that poorly. So I'm not going to get too much out of a game when the San Jose Sharks, I think, Half of their team was like made by AI characters. Sports Illustrated had their AI writers out on this because I didn't know half the people on the Sharks line. They had friggin' Babu Frick on the second line. Like I don't know who any of those guys are. So I'm not going to, you know, be like, all right, like this was a, a much needed response for Swayman or the defense is back. Got to work on it. We'll see what they do against Toronto. But I think the most encouraging thing from just that game is. San Jose Sharks are going to try to grind out games. They're going to try to, you know, add some physicality. And the Bruins finally pushed back, which I think you hadn't seen in the last couple of games beforehand. I think that was the biggest thing is that that much needed pushback from guys like Frederick out there. Yeah, I mean, imagine my surprise when, you know, I'm in the press box, you know, watching the game. And they're like, uh, starting on defense, Ty Emerson. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing that. That's not me. I'm up here. What are you, I'm doing, what are you doing up game. here? I was in the wrong spot. So maybe I would give them, you know, value add if I were playing uh, versus what they have on the back end there. You know, I, I, I think that's, you know, that that is very much, you know, they want to drag you down. And that is a, you know, a wretched team, uh, just an absolutely wretched team. Dead last and wins points, goals for goals against per game. Um, they're just just not a team that you look at and say, yeah, you could lose to them and feel good about it. Right. And so, yeah. You know, to to basically avoid that game, require require requiring rather more energy than you'd like to expend. That's huge, you know, because for as much as we talk about, you know, how they got last week behind them, they still have a pretty condensed schedule of late. And so, I think that's another that's another thing about that game that they handled it before it got too taxing for what it should be, especially with the weekend back to back here on deck and a traveling weekend back to back at that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you look at um, it's good to see a lot of other guys contribute out there. Like Jake DeBrus is now heating up. I think he's got three goals in five games. You need to get him going. And I think the lineup reshuffle, you know, led some positive results from guys like him, Patra and Martian together. Um, I think DeBrus back at left wing, especially with some more playmaking guys like Zach and Pasternak should help him kind of get along there with his game. But I think one guy that um, has stood out, especially the last couple of weeks now, Dan Heinen, guy signed for one year, 775000 Uh, He's got, I think, six points in his last eight games. And you, I think you look at uh, – I think we're both in the camp where we think Heinen's always been a very plus player. Not the flashiest guy, we know that. But I think you look at his versatility and uh, what he brings his team in terms of also just tangible production. It's been a home run signing so far. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's on pace for – you know, if, this, if he were playing in all 82 – He'd be on pace for a, you know, what would effectively be a, a forty-point season, you know, and that that would that would challenge for a career high. It wouldn't it wouldn't be the career high, but it would challenge for it. And 
you know, I think he's a smarter player than he was the last time Bruins fans saw him. I think he's a bit of a stronger player as well. Um, now, he's never going to put you through the boards. Um, he's still going to miss the net a, a little bit too much for your liking. But that's why he costs league minimum. That's why you're able to get him on a PTO and use that to your benefit. And, and this is sort of what people like uh, like myself, like yourself, that's what we were talking about is that this is a team that was built to try to find value adds and it looks like they got one. Looks like Heinen, the final one of that group, may just be the best one. And I think really where his value is, is just he can play anywhere. He can play first line. He can play fourth line. He can play left wing. He can play right wing. We've even seen him on defense in overtime this year. Like, he is right. truly able to be put anywhere without the on-ice play of, of his line mates and the team dropping below an acceptable level. And I think that's really what I find very impressive about him and really very impressive about his fit. And so he's not the savior, but he's a part of the 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 equation here. And no one ever said he's going to be a hero and he was the missing piece, but he was a piece that I, you know, I think it was one of what you, well, a little bit of what you needed, a little, just a little bit of certainty somewhere in your lineup where you, you have so many question marks, but you know what you're going to get from him every, pretty much every night. And I think, I think it makes a big difference. So I don't see how you can complain about him unless you're watching with your 2019 blinders on and you're still pissed about what he was, you know, back back then when he wasn't good enough for your for your eyes. Yeah, and I think just how he's played this year, just all those little plays. Like, again, you'll take the, the production, right, of six points in eight games, what have you, and he's playing really well in that regard. But he also just makes so many small plays that contribute to winning hockey. And I think that's what the team needs right now. I think – there was one one play where he was on the rush where he just made a, a really good touch pass uh, that kind of got the puck going down the other end of the ice. And I think I said to you, like, this guy's been, like, their best guy on the rush, which is not how you envision Dan Heinen being, but making those smart, simple plays. And that's something that I think Jim Montgomery has mentioned time and time again uh, over this kind of extended lull is that Bruins are not making just the, the easy, boring play. Maybe sometimes you need to make the boring play just to get the puck out to limit the amount of time in your own end. And Dan Heinen's a perfect guy for that spot. Um, and I think the most important thing is the fact that he's adding this value with that contract, right? Like regardless of what kind of play style you want from these guys, if a guy like him and a guy like James Van Riemsdyk are counting combined for under two million against the cap, they've got 22 combined points on the year. They'll certainly take that over. I don't know, Tyler Bertuzzi, who's got nine points at 5.5 million, right? Like it all comes down to this team, especially with how the cap crunch is um, with making the most out of what limited cap space you had. And so far it's worked out well, considering just how the Bruins have been able to sign so many guys uh, at those various deals. Yeah. And and what I would say to you is that uh, Danton Heinlein has now played 14 games. Uh, and what I would say about that is that Tyler Bertuzzi has played 21. Danton Heinen is only two goals behind Tyler Bertuzzi. And he's only two points behind him overall in terms of matching his production. Now, the obvious sort of caveat here that you have to mention is that, well, if Bertuzzi stayed here, his production would probably be better because he had that chemistry, he had a fit, all of that. However, we've talked about this. The Bruins had to moneyball their roster. They said that we can't keep Bertuzzi, but can we get production like his at a fraction of the price? Right now, they are getting that. Between Heinen, you mentioned JVR, like they are getting 
enough production there where, you know, all the offseason hemming and hawing about Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh, how could you let him walk? How could you not give somebody a way to keep him? It kind of seems a little silly now. Like, wouldn't you say, like, just based on how they've been able to basically replace his production, best it, actually, between JVR and Heinen for half the price, below half the price of what, you know, you just mentioned, $5.5 million for him. I mean, that that is, that's a win for Don Sweeney. And it was part of the challenge for this team. You know, entering this offseason yeah. was, how can you do this? You know, how can you, how can you bring guys in that are going to be, you know, cheap versions of, of what you need. And, and right now I think he's, I think they, they've hit a home run there. I, I don't know if you follow this kind of stuff here, but um, you know, cap friendly, they do uh cost per point, right? It, it's, yeah. it's typically a good judge of, Hey, you got a, you got a value contract here uh, excluding entry level deals because I don't like to include those. Right. Uh, JVR right now is, uh, is, is, he is uh, sixth in cost per point at $66,000 per point so far. Uh, Heinen is in the top 25 as well at $110,000 per point. Like, that's what we're talking about. Value contracts that are not weighing you down, and instead they are looking like absolute steals right now. We'll see how it looks in, in April and May. But right now, you got to do a show today. They look good right now. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where we're not saying that, like, uh, Dan Heinen is better than Bertuzzi. We're saying when you look at the way this team was – the hand this team was dealt this year, would the Bruins have loved to sign Bertuzzi? Of course. If they had the money where they could sign him without having to ship out a guy like Olmark or move Grizzlick or Forbert for pennies on the dollar, I'm sure they would. Maybe even staple more to him. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, this is – the Bruins – that's not to say the Bruins now have to moneyball it Every year, they got to be like the Red Sox and sign this Rule 5 draft pick and not do anything in the offseason. Like the Bruins, believe me, want to keep contending. They want to be team uh, a team that is always in the mix. Uh, they're probably going to make more moves this offseason when they finally have uh, more fiscal flexibility. But when you look at just what you know the hand was the team was dealt, it's all about changing your strategy and making the most of what you can operate with. And when the Bruins had, hell, what was it, like under $10 million in cap space with – five or six roster spots uh, available they had to fill there. It's all about making the most of what you have. And Heinen's been one of those guys that's fit in perfectly. So no, we're not saying that Heinen's better than Bertuzzi. I'm sure they'll be clipped and we'll, and we'll add on to this, but uh, so far it's been a very, very good uh, off season so far from Don Sweeney in terms of what he's done, bringing in these value ads. So uh, yeah. no complaints there. It's a shit hand, you know, but it's a one year shit hand, but this is also part of the equation now for them. You know, like Postronk making 11.1, 11.25, like that is going to be an issue for them for the, for the entirety of his contract. And issue is is putting it so strong because he's so good that you'll deal with that. You know, McAvoy making his money. Elmark and Swayman only going to get more expensive if they keep them All together. Right. You know, like they're going to have to they're going to have to find guys like this. They're going to have to find, you know, the, the new Heinen and the new JVR every year. It's one of the things that Tampa was really good at. You know, like yeah. like to keep themselves competitive. You know, I think it's faded a little bit, but but they were they were great at identifying guys who bring them in bottom six, hope they work, and if they if they do, great. If they don't, well, whatever. You only committed them for one year. You know, uh, so yeah, no one's gonna say that that uh, Heinen and these guys are better than Bertuzzi. However, what I will tell you 
is that over the last three seasons, Heinen and Bertuzzi have the same amount of five-on-five goals, with 25. And Heinen has played 300 fewer minutes. Like, like, listen, that means something. The Bruins did their research. They went out there and they said, we're going to find – we're gonna find the uh, the store brand version of Tyler Bertuzzi. We're gonna find the store brand it's version. Great value version. That's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. Listen, who among us hasn't had, you know, a pep up instead of a sprite? You got to do it sometimes, man. You don't want to do it, but you got to do it sometimes. Right now, the Bruins are enjoying their pep up era while the sprites are uh, struggling in Toronto. Uh, Sheldon Keefe is just yelling at them right now as it's going on. But yes, Ty once again bringing the very rational takes, throwing out those. Very fancy stats like five on five goals, five on five assists, those things that are tough to quantify for some people, but no, very, very use good your eyes. Use your eyes. Exactly. Okay, I exactly. am. Why aren't exactly. you? Yes, basic stat lines here. It's tough to grasp, but uh, we're going to take a, a look ahead now at uh, the Bruins' plans, maybe in free agency, looking at just this year. But before we kind of turn the page there, let's take a brief break and hear from our friends over at FanDuel. Once again, shout out to our good friends over at FanDuel. I once again hope that the placeholder ad that I play on our recording is not the same one tie that runs on the show where I mention how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw because I don't think he's going to be throwing uh, any more touchdowns this year. Maybe to the other team, maybe like a pick six. But uh, again, talking about ad reads that age poorly from yours truly, it's not great. Uh, well, you know, listen, I had a uh, I had the Patriots season win total uh, I took the over and it came uh, crashing and, and burning in that before December, which I didn't think was going to happen. I got that little notice that was like, Hey, this bet lost. I'm like, Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. So I, I can't, I can't, I can't roast you too much for that. Cause I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. It is not good over at Foxborough right now, but uh, speaking of other bets, I'm sure one. Are they bet, sending uh, you there, probably, by the way, on on Sunday? Are you doing that? I I will be there to see uh, what I'm sure will be a spirited matchup. It's going to be terrible. The game is going to be so bad. Hazard. All pay. these games going to be hazard pay. All of these games. It's it's not even like uh, I mentioned before, but I would so wish that this team was bad, but it was like the level of bad where you lose 38 to 35. Like that's fun. Like remember the Lions? Like even when they got Campbell. We're still very much a work in progress, and we're just like losing games in that fashion. Oh yeah, that's cool. It's it's frustrating. It's like when you have a team like a, a rebuilding baseball team, where like your bullpen sucks, but you can score a lot of runs. So it's still really annoying when you lose those ten eight games. But something to talk about. Like every game is the same. It, it's it's like watching the Patriots are like the land before time, like after the fifth movie. Where listen. It gets really old. Listen, I'm not here to besmirch a great film series, but you know what's going to happen every movie. Like it, 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 the same script happens every single time. The dinosaurs show up late. Mac Jones throws an interception, as we all know. It, it follows the same script. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Tied. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, 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 I can't keep going through the clown shoes every week. Where I know that you're going to have a drive where you need some points. It's going to start out okay, and then here comes a back-footed throw to the other team. Like, in plain sight, here it is. It's like, oh, my God, how, how do you keep doing this? I think it was after the – I think it was the second interception where uh, against the Giants, I just went, I'm done. I I want off. I need something else. I can't do this anymore. 
which is wild because there's a lot of people there that I think did the old, hey, Bruins in New York on Saturday, Bruins and Giants, uh, no, Patriots and Giants on Sunday. It's like, ooh, that is it's a bad weekend for you, man. I apologize if you took part in that. Yeah, I was stuck on the Merritt Parkway driving home, and I had a much better time stuck in Connecticut traffic than watching that abomination of a game. But uh, as you know, we, we look at uh, player odds and, and Mac Jones and all that stuff, I'm sure one very popular bet probably on FanDuel was where Patrick Kane was going to end up. Ends up going to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, see how he fits there. Again, don't know how exactly he's going to do with that hip resurf- resurfacing surgery, which – doesn't really have the best track record. That's like one where you have, and it's like uh, when Pedroia had like the the cartilage replacement surgery, and it's like, all right, maybe it works, but that's kind of one you have where you're like, oh, like I don't, I don't know how long you're in the, uh, that's going to last out there. But we'll see what he brings. But I think the most uh, striking thing when you look at the teams that he, uh, Kane was hearing from, apparently the Bruins made a, a pretty late push there. Um, were you surprised to see the Bruins kind of knock on that door and see whether a guy like Kane could help this team? Yeah, I was a little surprised, but maybe this is a – so there, there, there's one of two ways this could go, right? This could be that they realize what their weakness is and they think they need more scoring punch, more power play help, whatever that case may be. Or B, this is them going, if Patrick Kane is available, we're going to make the call. It doesn't matter yeah. what we need. We'll find a way to make to fit him in. We're not worried about that. I would personally believe that they're more the former than the latter. Um, and and I think a reason why I feel that way is that, you know, their defense and their goaltending, for the most part, has been good. Good to great. You know, this, this last little slump was standing here. Uh, but, you know, I think that you kind of – you need – like you need some more scoring punch. And so I think this it's a little bit of a, a spoiler into what they may be looking at. And, you know, I'm going to jump on the way back machine here. This reminds me a little bit of, of 2009, 2010, when they were so tight against the cap that, yeah, they could make a trade, but they also said we could bring in Miroslav Shatan for, for league minimum, you know, prorated yeah. league minimum. And that saves us from having to spend more assets. You know, we're going to take a flyer on this guy. So, you know, I, I think this may be their kind of play. And, and, you know, there's still some guys available beyond Kane. But I, I think this was maybe a little peek into Don Sweeney saying, we need to find more scoring and it's got to be on our terms. It's going to be for cheap. So I, 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 I don't know, but that's, that's just how I read it. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's something where I think you go back and forth of their, whether or not he's the best fit because uh, defensively, Holy shit, he's not great. We know that. No, uh, but no, I, yeah. I think if you look at what the Bruins uh, could use, whether it's him on the power play um, in terms of how good he is with those seam passes, that you know five and five uh, punch that he brings out there. Maybe if you're if you have that much faith in your goaltending and your defense, which again, I think you just look at the defensive personnel. They're too good to be in a rut for for this long. Like you could maybe make the case that the Bruins could use another defenseman down the line, like. I don't, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Bruins fans who probably were punching holes in the wall that Zadorov went for a pretty fair deal uh, on that trade to Vancouver. But like maybe the Bruins look at a guy like that, a player of that profile later on. But I think for right now, when you look at what Kane could bring this team uh, offensively, and that's probably their biggest question mark in terms of you need just steady scoring punch in the playoffs. I could see the rationale behind it. And I, going off of what you said, 
I think you look at just the amount of free agent forwards that are out there that maybe are veterans, maybe this question's over how much they have left in the tank, but it's easier, I think, if you're the Bruins to sign a guy for league minimum that's a forward that can fit in somewhere as opposed to looking for a defenseman, which you maybe have to acquire the deadline or what have you, if, if you're that committed to adjusting and adding to that spot there. So would not be surprised, as you said, that they look at uh, a few other forwards out there, but who are some guys you think they could possibly, um, you know, view as being potential additions if they kind of do the, the bargain shopping uh, route uh, going forward? Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, Patrick Kane is off the market, right? But, you know, Zach Parise, who had 21 goals last year, kind of flew yeah. under the radar, 21 goals, only four of which were empty netters. So if you want to take those out of the equation, 17 goals, still productive, still a, a decent season. He's a free agent. Phil Kessel is still a free agent. Uh, there's a guy out there that that I like that I think you could, you could have for cheap. Um and, and I like him because I, I like the package, the overall package, and I've liked his underlying metrics for a long time. It, now, is he healthy? That's the question. Jesse Piarvi underwent a hip issue similar similar to Patrick yeah. Kane. Not similar, but, you know, a, a, a hip procedure. Six foot four, the number four overall pick, I want to say, from his draft class, yeah. four, four or five. You know, uh, had a good year a couple of years ago uh, with Edmonton. Didn't really find his fit with Carolina last year, but like, that's an example of a guy. And then, so I think really for me and for everyone out there, it comes down to what do you want to prioritize? Do you want scoring or do you want a guy with a little bit of size, a little bit, a little bit of physicality, maybe replacing some of what you've lost with Milan Lucic, who I don't think is going to be back this year um, or ever or ever. Um, Yeah. And so like, okay, so, so then do you look at a guy like Wayne Simmons, who we know a guy like Wayne Simmons is cooked. As a scorer, yeah, he's not he's not the power forward that you wanted him to be, you know, like he was eight years ago, nine years ago. However, as AJ Greer can can attest, he can still pound faces. He can still throw punches, man. And if you're looking at it like you got to replace what you lost with Lucic, I don't think you have that in Providence. Wayne Simmons would be the closest thing you could you have to a legit heavyweight who would maybe strike some fear, some accountability give Frederick a, a break from having to fight because he's going to have to fight an awful lot, I think, now with Lucic out. you know. So yeah. I think it comes down to what do you prefer, Connor? Do you want scoring? Do you want scoring help? Or do you want a guy a little bit bigger, a little bit physical, can, can take on some of that Lucic kind of role? This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Too busy with holiday plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you'll need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes so all you need to do is heat and enjoy. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in two minutes. Looking for special occasion meals during the holidays? Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Enjoy premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. When you're too busy running around to plan lunch, Factor has you covered with lunch to go. 
Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. Looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that also taste great? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Enjoy the extra convenience any time of day with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices. This November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash poke50 and use code poke50, that's P-O-K-E 50, to get 50% off. That's code POKE50 at factormeals.com slash POKE50 to get 50% off. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point by you, and it's something that you even think of just how many guys are available. The Bruins do have options, right? Like, if they wanted a score, they could do that. Like, Pugliarvi is not necessarily a, a, a bruising guy, but I think people thought he was going to be such a great fit with Carolina because he's like, Fits the mold of a really good four checker, big body, yeah. closes quickly. Like you would think he'd be a natural fit there. So if the Bruins want to add more of that four checking pressure, that's something that Montgomery has mentioned before of like the checking game has, you know, not been good. It's not to say that it's all comes down to like laying welts against guys against the glass, but it's about closing quickly, getting guys to cough up the puck. Like if Puyarvi's healthy, makes sense too. But I feel like I'd rather more of like a Puyarvi or a Simmons than another like score that maybe he's going to give up some chances in their own end right now. And again, that's not like, I agree with you is Wayne Simmons. Uh, I wouldn't say, is he the same guy he was a few years ago? Like, I don't think he's going to give you all that much. It might be kind of similar to like what you have in some of these guys, like a Reeves or what have you, where I don't think, I think they're pretty much cashed, but if you're looking for a tone setter, like, and he can play every once in a while and you just need that. If the Bruins are in another lull where they lose four out of five or three straight, like the one thing I think that they've missed over this last couple of games here where there's not been a much of a response is just the big hit or the fight for the sake of just dropping the gloves and getting guys going. Like uh, I think you look at like with Lucic being out most likely for, again, maybe his whole career. Uh, you could have used him in that game against Columbus where they were sleepwalking through that. Right. Like and if a guy like Simmons can give a big hit, stand up for a teammate and not again, have a guy like, uh, Frederick be the lone guy or forward or Lauco now that he's finally got his cage off or what have you um, for what will be a probably cheap deal. I'm kind of leaning more towards that than, you know, a guy like Parise if uh, you're looking for more five and five offense there, but Bruins have a lot of options. Yeah. And think about it this way. I mean, isn't this the year where if you need some help up front, you want to see Merkulov, you want to see yeah. Lysel like this, you know, you want to see if, a, a, you know, I know he's his scoring has not been what it, what it is, you know, what you'd like it to be, but McLaughlin, you know, Farinacci, yeah. I think has had a decent year down there in Providence yeah, out of the gate. Been good. So like, you know, this is kind of the year where if you're going to have a scorer or, or those kind of forwards, 
maybe give it to one of your younger guys and, and you see what you got at the bottom of the roster. So, yeah, I, I you know, I'm leaning towards Braun in size with, with that. If you're going to dip into that market, I, I think that's the way to go. Um, could you try to maybe appease both, you know, with a guy like Eric Stahl, you know, who's six foot three, six foot four, was playing a four fine role, had a good playoff, I thought, for for Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, Jesus. Yeah, 13 years ago um, uh, for Florida last year, you know, like, like, so. But where I'm going with that is I think I want what we're talking about here, physicality, for checking. I want somebody who can instill anxiety in the other team. And they can't instill Lucic levels of anxiety, you know, like in, in terms of, hey, here comes a 240-pound guy in on a forecheck, but can be menacing and, and physical in their own right. And I think I think that's – you can't have that all fall on one guy. That, that leads to no. problems. And so that's kind of why I'm thinking that because I don't think – I think the odds of you having a 2023-24 a Phil Kessel – in the minors is greater than your odds of having a physical presence down there. I don't, I don't really think that there is one who's signed to an NHL contract anyways. Like Justin Brezzo is not on an NHL contract, Yeah, you know, like, so you no. kind of, you, maybe you need one of those kind of guys right now. You heard it here first guys. Uh, once again, uh, Dan Heinen better than Tyler Bertuzzi. We both endorse uh, the Bruins getting someone to punch people's faces in. No, uh, again, once again, all good we are our Twitter today. mentions. Yes, exactly. We we have flipped the script now, but no, I, I agree with you. I think if the Bruins are going to look at the bargain bin, they're a target on the DVD section that has like jingle all the way at Christmas time. Like they're 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 searching through those. Um, I, I think getting you know more size, more physicality is what they kind of need, especially given how you're not going to most likely have Leach each back the whole year. So. Um, we'll see how that kind of maps out as the season goes along. Bruins have no shortage of options there. But, uh, Ty, before we wrap things up, uh, where can we find your work? Oh, baby, you can find me everywhere. Uh, 985sportsub.com, uh, podcast of Sports Hub Underground, myself and Matt Zoloff, um, on on Twix, as I'm now calling it, Twitter slash X, yes. uh, at underscore Ty Anderson. Uh, you can catch me on there. Uh, I try to reply to people. Uh, I'm sorry that I don't. I don't do it enough as I should. Just know that I love you unless you're really mean, in which case, go outside. Well said. Well said, Ty. And you can read my stuff over at boston.com and you can follow me on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it is, at Ryan underscore 93. So that is our latest episode of Poke the Bear. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. I'm Connor Ryan. That's Ty Anderson. You guys have a great rest of your week. <laughs>